Hi, this is Bethany, your host of the Random Yogi Podcast, a weekly podcast about holistic living and physical, emotional, and spiritual healing, and of course, plenty of yoga and Ayurveda. We offer bonus episodes each month featuring yoga flows that you can do at home, as well as guided meditations. Thanks for joining us. So Paula, I'm so happy to have you on the show and I'm so excited for our listeners to hear from you because I frankly am fascinated by you and your specialty. So could you just tell us a little bit about you? Hi, thank you for inviting me onto your podcast. I'm Paula. I'm a registered nurse for learning disabilities. Um, I specialize in the menopause because I've done some extra training and um, I'm here living in the UK um, navigating the menopause naturally. And you have and a would... beautiful accent that I'm sure listeners are <laughs> loving right now. Yes. So you also have some Caribbean roots, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Definitely. From your parents. And yes. before we, before we came on the podcast, you were talking about um, how you've been able to compare and contrast healing medicine, menopause in uh, the UK versus there. So tell us, first of all, in the UK, how do you help women when they're transitioning into menopause? Well, the first thing is about asking them how they feel, what are they experiencing and how it's impacting on them. Um, I work with women in secure services, which is the prison service. Um, and not that we're trying to steer away from HRT, which is the hormone replacement therapy, but it's we're trying to get them to self-soothe because our women and individuals don't always seek medical care like the rest of the population. So we have to factor that in slightly different. Um, but also I do coach women um, privately and that is totally different again. So it's marrying the needs to the individual rather than just taking an overarching blanket approach. And what are the, the main challenges you see when women are beginning to enter that part of life? So they, um, what the challenges are, they just don't know what's going on. So, you know, some women will say that the night sweats, the hot flushes, the sleep, the irritability, the, sometimes it's the rage or they're just the brain fog, the forgetfulness, the toilet issues, you know, like going to the toilet too much or they think they're going to the toilet too much. It just has a, a massive impact. I mean, not everybody has all of the symptoms, but, you know, when you hear the range of women and they talk about, oh, God, I'm not sleeping really well or how it's impacting on their home life. Um, the libido the sex life things like that it just starts to sort of like just become like a volcano some people just find it it just hits them like a volcano and why does menopause interfere with sleep um so it's all to do with it's so when we talk about menopause uh what you will see in the in the media is they talk about three hormones all the time which is the progesterone your estrogen and your testosterone so the estrogen is like your, they sex hormones and progesterone is like the baby making hormones and testosterone is like your concentration mood. So they all have different things and they all have different ways to react in the body. And the body has over a hundred plus hormones and we have receptors all through the body and in the brain. But we also have what we call the hypothalamus pituitary glands and the, 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 the adrenal, gland, adrenal glands. So these are the hypothalamus is in the back of the neck. The pituitary glands is above your kidney area and you've got um, the adrenal glands as well. So we make hormones and in those areas, but also the hypothalamus is like a fridge. So that's like your temperature and that helps to cool things off. So when you 
get into this fight or flight or you're feeling really anxious, it just sets it off from the central nervous system and it just rises up like a volcano. So, and it's also the estrogen. So what they talk about is your estrogen is declining um, and that's where your main hormones, that's declining. So therefore it just interacts with the whole body because your receptors are through the whole body. But I, I do believe it's the stress element that really sets everything off. The stress in the gut. Is the, the stress in the what, I'm sorry? The, the gut, the gut area. So the, our gut is where we have lots of microbiome, um, where it's, and this is where if we don't look after the gut, a lot of our anxiety, depression stems from the gut. And we also have the gut brain. So it's, it's quite, we are complex, to be fair. We are complex human beings. <laughs> well, and you were talking about the fight or flight. Is is the changing hormones something? Because of course, as a yoga instructor, I talk to my students a lot about fight or flight and parasympathetic. So is the changing hormones something that keeps us or maybe throws us into fight or flight more often? It can do. And it depends on what's going on in the background. So is the person experiencing uh, work issues or heavy workloads? Um, are they expect, experiencing stress at work? Do they have a really demanding job? Um, is their work-life balance okay? Are they uh, looking after, are they still, you know, ferrying children to and from schools or colleges? Have they got elderly parents that they're looking after? You know, are there any other health issues going on with themselves? So it's, it's not just the menopause at that point in time. It's everything else that could be thrown into the mix which causes, you know, lots of issues. So um, what is the prevalent way to treat menopausal symptoms in the UK? So we have now had a blast of um, a lot of celebrities talking about hormone replacement therapy. Um, so a lot of it is um, a lot of women are now asking for hormone replacement therapy because um, there were studies done and saying it could possibly help with forgetfulness with the brain, with the brain power. But we have to look at menopause. In, it's perimenopause. So you can start perimenopause anywhere from your late 30s onwards. Um, and that can last. There's no real limit to when it can last. Um, they'd say the sort of mean age for women to go through the menopause is about age 51. Um, but people can then start anywhere between mid 40s as well. So it's noticing the symptoms and noticing the mood changes. So, and then you have postmenopause. So they're the three stages, but we're finding that there's an influx of hormone replacement therapy treatment. And are you a fan of hormone replacement therapy? Because I know there's, I, I've seen that there's a lot of back and forth on that, even from the medical community, whether that's good for women in the long run or maybe not so good. Well, I'm, so my journey started about 14 years ago. Um, I lost an ovary through having an ectopic pregnancy. Nobody ever told me that would that would have an effect on my um, sort of like fatigue because we make uh, estrogen in the ovaries. So nobody ever said to me, oh, you're going to experience any issues. Um, so for the last 15 years, I've been navigating without an ovary, 14, 15 years, um, and never really connected the dots until 2020 of how that was actually affecting me. Um, but so I get fatigued, but I don't really, I've had the hot flushes and night sweats and things, but I've, I've never got to the point where I've thought I need HRT. So I've been navigating for the last 14, 15 years, um, just doing it naturally, finding what works for me. Um, so I went plant-based and then I went to become a vegan, but now I've become plant-based again, because it's, a, it's all about listening to the body. So no, I'm found, not a fan. 
Sorry, have you found um, that plant-based has helped you with your symptoms? It it did because the the minute I sort of like cut out a lot of the dairy products, um, um, I did stop eating meat and chicken and things like that. I went more to plant-based. So and yeah, cut out all the dairy, went on to coconut milk and soya milk and things like that. So really sort of like honed it in, eating lots more raw vegetables and eating the veg, the nuts. Yeah, really. And doing a lot more exercise. But it, it just I think you've got to find a way that works for you. But no, I don't take hormone, hormone replacement therapy. I tend to go more for the natural, the natural ways, which is meditation, um, yoga um, breath work, walking in nature. Um, I used to run a lot as well. So I guess that really helped how I sort of like looked after me. So I think and that's the way I try and help the women in, in these, the prison service where we work is we work to more of a natural rhythm because we're looking at how they're going to sustain themselves when they go back out into the community. And would they go to the GP and say, well, my hormones are feeling out of whack or I'm feeling this, I would like this. So we're trying to help them to navigate in a way that may be more suitable for them and giving them choice um, and directing them in the best way that's going to be possible for them to manage because some of them end up homeless. So this is how, you know, I'm trying to show women that you can, self-serve and self-navigate as long as you're looking after yourself first and putting you at the center of your own care. Now, do you find that attitude about that time of life affects how women go through it or, or maybe the severity of their symptoms even? Um, I think it's, if you don't have a positive attitude, I think again, when, if, if, if you see a post or something where every woman's feeling down and out about something you can get a consensus and everybody joins that consensus oh yeah and they say well that's how I'm feeling rather than actually taking a step back and thinking hmm how am I actually feeling instead of joining the consensus and saying oh yeah I feel rubbish actually think what is actually making me feel rubbish is it seeing that post and resonating with that post or what they hear in the media or just thinking about right if I go and walk in nature and actually just think how am I actually really feeling? And just sort of checking with how they're feeling and look at it from their perspective first. You can you can sympathize and empathize and, and resonate with things, but don't always take that on as how you're feeling. You've got to sort of switch your mindset to saying, is that really how I'm feeling? Or is it I'm um, resonating with how that's how that is? Mm. That's a good point. I know. In my family, I remember hearing my aunt and my mother as they began to go through the change, um, talking about how wonderful it was. And I was in my late teens and I was like, how can that be wonderful? Because of course, in my teen years, I, I just felt like I had become such a woman when everything started in my body. And I, I asked them and, and as a result, they both explain to the younger women of our family what a precious and wonderful time it is how it means no more pms no more cramping things like that and so i think as a result the the younger women my age now that are beginning to enter that phase we actually are looking forward to it we can't wait because we were taught from a young age that that's where you enter your wisdom and things like that do you do you think there's still a stigma on menopause or do you think more women are beginning to see what a beautiful time of life it is? I would say there's still a stigma. So for my, so you've had a really good like explanation for you from your side, but like my mum never really talked about it. Um, didn't even realize she was going through the menopause. Um, so 
it feels like there's taboo in certain cultures um, and they don't bring it to the forefront and then others do. So I have been talking about it and being very expressive because I have a daughter and I don't want her to feel like she's missing out on anything. I even talked to my son about it because I've got a son also. And I think that we've got to be more open with not just the women, but the men also, because they're going to end up with wives, girlfriends, partners. And it's about, do you realise that this is going to happen? Um, and if you've got a partner, this is how they may be feeling. So you've then got to think about how this is going to affect them and it may affect you. So you've got to see it from a more rounded vision. So, yeah, there, there is still a stigma as much as we are talking and talking about it more. I still think we are still missing big parts of society because we've got people with, you know, acute mental health issues and learning disabilities of all degrees as well. And as a learning disability nurse, I see that more. And I'm thinking, how are we going to be championing? Because they're not treated the same. So how are we championing those that are being left out of society? So there's still a lot of stigma around it, but we are still missing a great chunk of women as though we may say there's 13 million women and they should all because I saw something about all women should be offered HRT and I then thought we really need to stop this um sort of like propaganda or message because no women need to advocate for themselves more women need to say this is how I'm feeling but I don't want that what is my options rather than saying all women should be on HRT because I don't think I think that's a bit of a blanket statement and I do think the stigma is still there it's like mental health though isn't it you know there is still a big stigma around mental health and you know some women say they end up with acute depression from going through the menopause so it's this thing where are we really hitting the nail on the head is our messaging right and I think the USA message is still slightly different to the UK from what I see um so yeah I think there's still a stigma here as well. And I think, um, honestly, the more popular that yoga becomes, I see people in the yoga community really embracing the various seasons of our lives more so uh, than those that I, I know outside of the yoga community. But I think there is still a stigma here. And I think you made a great point about we need to educate boys as well because they will deal with it because I am a single woman and I I date, you know, middle-aged men and I am so tired of hearing them say, you know, have you already gone through the change? Because my ex-wife went through it and she went crazy. And I think how much of that is them? So can you speak to that point? Um, yeah, I think we, it's like I work within uh like my the healthcare system that I work with we've got men in there and we're starting to talk about it more and the the nurse because we've just written a strategy um with the nurse and our head of healthcare he's a male and so we've just written our strategy for within the prison service and it's like we are going to be bringing the male GPs on board and the AMPs on board because and we have a male that works within the mental health team and he's fully conversant because I'm always talking about it so he's fully, he understands because I'm always talking about it. Because I just think we need to drop it into conversations daily. Um, and we need to be having, um, so we, I sit on the steering group here in, in Huddersfield and we also have um, something called uh, menopause cafes. We don't invite men to it because we've got women who may have been in situations where it's not a right to be around men. But I think we do really need to be opening the goalposts and having, you know, maybe have to take it to the pubs. We might have to take it to where the men hang out and say, 
you know at the end of the day you may be in this pub when you go back home you may be going home to a wife a partner girlfriend do you know that this why they may be feeling a bit low or they may be asking you questions or they may be snapping your head off is because there may be something going on with them that you're not really asking about um and can we not do something with with this for you here is how maybe you may tackle this or that it's about giving them the education isn't it you know and it's never too late to start educating men whether they're in the 60s 50s 40s or whatever and it's about taking it into the schools as well starting at the grassroots you know putting it on the sex education uh, agenda this is what happens um so we are not women from mars and, and men are from venus whichever one it is it's about we're all human beings at the end of the day and we all need to be nurtured cared for and like you say not oh well my wife's been through it isn't that you know that is just not what we should be saying it's right how can i help you through this if you haven't already been through it you know what yes. i mean what is because it feels very intimidating to be a woman trying to date and men are afraid because you are going to be going through menopause and they've already been through it once before with an ex-spouse. That's very intimidating. Um, now but it's also they're tarnishing everyone with the same brush saying, are you going to be going through it like that rather than thinking, right, you know, let me ask if my wife's been through it and that was horrific, maybe ask a different question, put it a different way. How mm. are you feeling? That's all, you know. It's about how we rephrase our language to make it more conducive to being open to nurturing everybody, isn't it? And, you know, as you say that, I think I would really respond better if men would just say to me, what's your philosophy about the change of life or menopause? Because that would open the door for me to say, well, this is what my family taught me. Now, not all women have been taught that, unfortunately, no. but that would be a very non-offensive way for men to ask that question, don't you think? definitely because it'd be like so what's your take what is your take on it how are you feeling and how can I support you through it if if you've already been through it once you know as a male you should be then saying well how can I support you through it not realizing that you're only doing all the yoga stuff and really being able to help yourself through it you know what I mean and I love that because I am going to be a yoga uh, instructor at some point because I'm just about to do my training as well Good for you. It was one of the most illuminating times of my life. So I highly recommend, even if people don't go on to teach, I think it's really, really an excellent time of self-examination to go through a teacher training. I am going to teach because I teach. So I do run a class on a Tuesday evening with the women. So I actually do teach it at the moment, but I'm not qualified to teach, but I do it because I just feel it's, it's giving back and it also helps me. So yeah, I will be going through my teacher training to carry on teaching. And within that, that service and hopefully expand on that. Yeah. I think that's amazing. So I'm in perimenopause. My um, lab work hasn't shown any changes in my hormones, but I began to have some symptoms. And one of my friends from high school posted on Facebook, right. As I was having some symptoms that I'd never even realized could be symptoms until I went to my doctor. And she said, is anybody else having symptoms that people aren't talking about? You know, we always hear about hot flashes, mood swings. I was having extraordinary digestive issues and, and stomach pain after I would eat. And I, and so that really opened a discussion with my peer group. Are there, what are the symptoms that maybe aren't as common or we don't hear as much about? Because I thought I was dying and my, my doctor said, no, you're just beginning menopause, perimenopause. The gut, see, and that gut issue could be, see, I, I self-diagnosed with leaky gut. So 
if you're finding that you've got really bad sort of like excruciating digestive problems and wind, it could be that there could be little holes where your hormones are not excreting properly and could be just nipping back inside. So it could be classes, it could be leaky gut, or it could be just a little bit of where the you could be needing a prebiotic, probiotic, and an enzyme. It's the gut, yeah, the microbiome is just not settled. Joint pain, um, a lot of people talk about joint pain, uh, gums receding, uh, migraines, um, ear sick, like tinnitus ringing in the ears. Yeah, um, dry skin. Um, sometimes you may develop um, an allergy. Yes. See, these are yeah, burning tongue. Um, wow. So these are ones that people don't always don't always talk about. Yeah, like burning tongue. There is back vaginal atrophy, which is sometimes the vagina becomes really dry because the inside, the inner sort of inner bit comes like gets really thin. Um, so you've got that to look forward to. Well, not everybody. <laughs> Not everybody. I think it's it just I think it depends on the person and how much you look after yourself and how much you drink as in water and cut back on the the certain things that can aggravate it, like uh, caffeine, sugar, alcohol um, some dairy can um, exacerbate symptoms. Of, so, yeah. So it's about looking at. So, yeah. What other symptoms? Um, there's a there's a load of symptoms that sometimes women will say and I'll be like, oh, I've never heard of that. Or oh, restless legs could be one. Heavy rest, heavy and restless legs. Yeah. Um, irritability, going to the toilet a lot sometimes. Um, and then on the other side of that could be constipation if you're not eating enough fiber and things like that. So there's yeah, a there myriad of symptoms that could oh, be. God, yes. <laughs> well, and when I went to my doctor, what she did was um because I tend to be more holistic and homeopathic. I always have been. That's just how my father raised me. And uh, so she put me on wild yam root extract pills and some evening primrose oil pills. Mm -hmm. And that took care of pretty much, I, I also had some hot flashes and those two supplements have really taken care of everything. I feel like I'm completely back to where I was before. Do you think it's possible for women to go through the entire, because we don't know how long all the three stages will last, mm. but do you think it's possible to do the whole three stages without artificial hormone replacement therapy and just using natural supplements? I'm living proof. Okay, good. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I wanted to hear. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I've, I've always taken like a vitamin B6 cause that's good for mood and fatigue. Um, and I've always ta I've taken that from many moons ago. Um, but then I added in vitamin D um, a vitamin B12. I know people take the, the injection, but I just, I did a, a tablet there. Um, I took some glucosamine because I broke my ankle um, and osteoporosis is another one, but um, thinning of the bones starts before menopause. So that starts in your thirties, oh, but wow. it can exacerbate when you become menopausal because obviously calcium, magnesium um, limits. Again, it's trying to make sure you've got a, a good variety of what, foods that give you calcium and magnesium um so yeah i've yeah i've gone through all three um stages without any sort of hormones um flax seeds chia seeds pumpkin seeds and sesame seeds brilliant to add into your diet so you've got lots of things that we can add in so we we're used to eating things like yam um as a, a food in itself so holistically um you can i've done a bit of wild swimming as well um, yes, going out into the to the 
to the um, reservoir and swimming. Yeah. Really? And that helps? Yeah. That if you've got, if you're having hot flashes and night sweats, it's, yeah, it's calming. So I've done that. Um, I, I do a lot of yoga. I do a lot of meditation, um, walk out in nature. You never see me not doing anything that's conducive to my health, music, dancing, um, affirmations. I think you've got to find a bit of journaling. I tend to find things that I can pass on to other people, which don't cost a lot of money because people are looking to save money as well. So, um, yeah. So yes, you can do I believe you can do it naturally. I think it's all down to mindset. Good. Now you had said before we started, um, that there's a difference in how uh, health issues like this are dealt in the Caribbean versus the UK or maybe America. How, what differences do you see? So in the, in the Caribbean, you don't really hear of, um, women saying, right, I'm going to the doctor because I've got a hot flush or uh, through the menopause. Um, I have family in the Caribbean and they never talk about it. There is no, as far as I know, they, they don't, they just crack on and, and, and get on with it. They don't do anything different because women, like I say, my mum came here from the 60s and she never once said, oh, I'm having a hot flush or I'm, I'm needing to go to the doctors for HRT or anything. There was never any discussion. So I, and I, I've got relatives in the Caribbean who I speak to regularly um, and they don't, it's not something that's celebrated um, like here and talked about. Um, there's no sort of like celebrities over there jumping up and down saying you need to be on HRT or anything. No, hmm. no. My grandma lived to 106. Wow. Um, and not, not a HRT in sight, not a hormone replacement therapy in sight. No. Well, and I wonder if, because unfortunately I've only been to the Caribbean like once on vacation, but do, do they just see it as a more natural thing than we, I, I feel like because of the stigma we have in America and maybe the UK, um, that's one reason we have so much discussions about it, but in the Caribbean, do they simply accept that the change is part of women's lives and, and they support each other better maybe? I think they come together a little bit differently in the fact that they have, I think maybe they've got the sea, the sun and the sand. Mm -hmm. Their way of life is probably a little bit slower than here. Uh, They don't seem to have as, they do have politics, don't get me wrong, but I don't think they have the news papers that are feeding this and, and, and throwing it out all the time. Their newspaper is more concerned probably about crime, poverty, sanitation and, and living rather than saying you need a pill to have this. And their healthcare system, you, well, I know when family members had a baby, they had to pay. So I think their healthcare system would be a little bit different to here as well. So it's a matter of, yeah, total, total difference. It, it's not a big push over there to talk about HRT, the replacement therapies and things like that. No, they manage it through diet, exercise, um, and just taking a simpler, slower way of living. Just like you. So what <laughs> led you to become a menopause specialist? I, and I don't know if that's what you call yourself, but as I corresponded with you, that's what I have started calling you. So I specialize in menopause because I feel like, so I've done some training, I've done some extra training. I did a, so I did a day support, then I've done the 14 fish, which is a, a longer course, which is for healthcare, uh, people in healthcare. So I've done the, it's a one by Dr. Newsom, they've done on a platform, so you can go in and learn about the um, 
menopause. But I've done my own research for the last two years as well, because I believe that if I was going to help other women through it, then I needed to learn about it. So I've gone and learned through my own journey and just reading my own, reading, reading the sort of like reading papers, but also listening to other people who are doing it naturally as well. Other doctors, you know, that talk about the prescriptions that you don't need. Um, yeah, holistic, you know, living off of a pillow of, of holisticness, um, looking at how you move, how you eat, how you sleep um, are the main factors of how you can get through it. So yeah, it's a matter of, I forgot the question. So that's menopause. <laughs> menopause what, what had just led you to, to yeah, be train, a specialist? Yeah, so the train, I think the, the training is uh, myself, the training that I've done and the continuous upgrading and looking and reading around it. Um, yeah, because I just believe that your journey can inspire other people, you know, and people looking, people are looking for lighthouses, aren't they? Um, and I think just doing things naturally um, sets yourself up and I'm a nurse. So, I mean, and I have integrity. So my core value is integrity. So I would never lead anybody down the path of, you have to do it like me. I will say to people, yeah, I am a, an example of how it can be done, but if you need to have an extra piece in the puzzle, it's always there, but why not try something um, and try it that way? I'm just listening to a, a podcast tonight and where a, she's a sportswoman. She's just come off a hate chatting. I thought, so now it will be a matter of this may pummel people forward now to say, oh, really? And this is a, a, a sportswoman saying she was having water retention and other issues. And she was saying, could it have been caused by HRT? Not 100% sure, but she's now come off of it. Well, I've been a beacon in the lighthouse for, for two years on Instagram saying, you know, I can help you if you want to navigate naturally without HRT. But it, it's not, you know, it's not a miracle cure and it does take changing your lifestyle. Mm. Well, and, you know, I, I've always thought, because I have several friends who are RNs, and I think that nurses are angels on earth, literally. I, I much prefer nurses to doctors. Y'all are just so <laughs> human and real, and your energy is just so healing, even sitting here talking to you across an ocean. Like, I can feel your healing energy. So any woman that works with you is lucky. Um, how do you think women can better support one another as we go? Because I've got a peer group. We're all about to go through... The change of life together how can we better support one another through it to be open to listening to each other without the judgment of oh well i'm doing it better than you or i'm doing it this way it's about laying your cards on the table allowing people to be true to themselves but also supporting them in a way that feels right for everybody so because you you may find that your peer support group, there may be two or three of you doing it this way, two or three of you doing it that way, but you can all share your ideas and expertise. So if, if sleep and magnesium is working for you and somebody hasn't tried it yet, you may be saying, well, I'm doing it like this. Have you ever thought about doing it with this added benefit? You know, because what you'll find is some people will think, oh, I've never tried that. And it's just being empathetic, isn't it? And listening and just being that, sometimes people don't even want you to answer. They just want you to listen um, and just say, yeah, you know, I understand what you're going through. It's all about just sharing our experiences and saying to people, you're not alone. You know, mm. let's do this together. And your peer group may be able to go on and support 
so much more so or so many more by just having that start of your peer group isn't it yeah it's good mm. to have other women to bounce off and share and go out on spa days and things like that as well include some spa days or massages and bits of reflexology just other little bits where it also feels good to be in that arena doesn't it and you can say yeah well, that is excellent. I was thinking as you were talking, hopefully by this stage of our life, you know, women talk on social media all the time about how we have to start supporting one another's decisions. If if there's a stay-at-home mom and a working mom, they should support one another's decisions mm. to be those things. And mm. I hope that as we enter this phase of our life, we finally learn not to judge one another, but to support each other's mm. own choices on their path. I don't know if we have, but I sure hope we have. <laughs> I don't. Well, it's that other thing because you will have people saying, oh, how can she stay at home? Well, you know, staying at home is a full-time job. Going out to work and then still coming home to do the jobs in the house, it's a double full-time job. And we've got to respect the choices that people make. You know, I mean, I get people saying, why do you work part-time? Um, because I want to have a home-life balance and I want to create something outside of the workplace that feels right for me you know, and feels right for others. I don't want to be having to think about going to do a full day after not sleeping very well or a full week. We should be able to, again, live without that judgment as to why somebody only works so many hours. I think we've all got to learn to be much more supportive of each other, you know, um, and even if it's a like or a comment on somebody else's post as well, I think people see it as competition, whereas I see it as we're all in this together somebody else's uh, post may resonate and it may be able to help you to post it onto somebody else you know it's that thing about sharing caring and and living life without judgment and anything else we don't need it do we you know no, we just we need to be embracing everybody we're all different we're going to all have our own quirks but at the end of the day we're all going to be women at the well we are all women aren't we so <laughs> you know we just need to get on with it well, and there's such power in women friendships, you know, when we can overcome the cattiness of youth. That's one thing that I've really enjoyed in the last decade is really developing friendships with women that are as close to as family now. And because I see menopause as this beautiful transition, yes, there's hot flashes and digestive issues, but we're now entering, you know, the wise woman phase of life and how powerful if we can really lay down the judgment and just love and walk there together, you know? Mm, I, totally. You know, it's like, again, you, people get judged for all their um, sort of things that they do. So I, I go to church and I once heard somebody say, oh, you've become all Christian. No, I've always been a Christian. It's just, I want to do my worship within a community where there's other people and that community spills out into doing other things. So I think it's that, again, it's a judgment, isn't it? I can still go out and party just because I go to church doesn't mean I've become some holier than thou saint. It's about, and that's where I'll be taking the message up soon about the menopause into church and talking to women there. It's about meeting people where they're at, isn't it? We have to meet people where they're at. I love that. So you're actually going to take the, the menopause lessons into church. Are you going to have a class or what? I'm going to start talking to them around the table about it when we have coffee because we have men up there as well. So, yes, I'm going to start having a little bit of a chat with them just to see how they're feeling and, you know, and just see what's going on for them. Yes. Oh, what a powerful place to do that. Yeah. Um, 
Is there any takeaway you would like the listeners to have after talking to you today? I think anybody listening to us talking today, it's about owning your own journey. Don't let other people tell you how your menopause should feel for you. Don't be afraid to speak up and ask questions because there's no question that's going to be a silly question. Your health matters. So if anybody's feeling, ooh, you know, that they're forgetting things, their, their feelings are real. We have to make them feel valid and they need to seek support with who they feel comfortable. And don't be railroading and taking medication if they don't feel like it. You know, they must listen to their own bodies because your body speaks its mind. I'm a true believer of that. Uh, so I yeah. think that's beautiful. And I think yoga helps with that as well. Like I, I feel more embodied since I practice yoga regularly than I did prior to doing that. Don't you? I practice, um, I try and do it every day, but I do go to work two, two, two long days of the week. But every day that I have a day off, I do get up and do yoga. And if I can fit a little 15 minute practicing before on my shifts as well, yeah, I love it. And it's, you know, it's not always perfect, but I just love the fact that I can get up, I can stretch, um, I can feel good. I can meditate in with all that as well. And I'm putting the stretches on as well. So yeah, and it just gives you that calm. And it makes me pay attention to my body so that I can actually hear it when it talks. Exactly. It, it does. I mean, since I broke my ankle, I've noticed that I'm having more of a pain in one sort of like one hip. And I've been stretching it out and I've looked on the, I looked on Google because Dr. Google and it said, oh, this is another condition of the menopause. And I thought, well, yeah, you could go and talk about, I could talk over it or I can stretch it and breathe life into it because then I'm rubbing it and thinking, I don't want to talk to the doctors because I don't want a hip replacement or anything like that. So I'm believing in that yoga is really helping me to think about that area, breathe into the area, heal the area and keep cracking on. Well, where can listeners find you? So right now I am on Thrive With Menopause on Instagram, at Paula M. Stewart on Facebook, Paula M. Stewart on LinkedIn. And sometime in the near future, hopefully early next year, there will be a Thrive With Menopause podcast. It's still in the, in the mind and in the sort of like headspace. It is there. It will be coming. So, yes, I will be dropping that as well at some point, hopefully, maybe late January, if I can get my life together. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it. And I'll put all of your information in the show notes. Um, and are you willing, you said you do, did private coaching. Are you willing yeah. um, to privately coach women in America if they want to reach out to you? If women in America want to reach out to me, yes. I should be getting my certification, my um, International Coaching Federation certification soon um, to now uh, be able to coach women also around their menopause and, and lifestyle. Yes. Wonderful. Paula, I've so enjoyed talking to you. Thank you for listening this week. I appreciate each of you so much and I would love to connect with you. So number one, we're doing a free giveaway. If you will review this podcast, screenshot your review and post it on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok and tag me in it, you'll be entered to win a $50 Amazon gift card. This drawing is good from now until the end of April. So the first week in May, we'll be having the drawing for the $50 Amazon gift card. Again, you can screenshot your review and just post it to social media, tagging me in it. So I can be sure to enter you into the drawing. 
on Instagram. You can find me at the Random Yogi Podcast. On Facebook and TikTok, I'm at the Random Yogi. Also, please connect with me on social media because I do go live at least once a week to try to connect with listeners live. Again, thank you so much for listening. And if you've enjoyed any of our episodes, please tell one friend about us. Thank you for joining us this week. Please support the Random Yogi Podcast at patreon.com to get bonus content and merchandise. Please join us again next week. And thank you for listening. Thank you.